0: Today on Act News Daily.
1: Given the demand and given the, the, the kind of geopolitical world we're in right now, I can't see the demand slowing down a whole lot. People still need to eat. You know, I hate to make targets like that, but I could easily see, you know, Christmas corn continuing to go higher here still.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Market Monday here on the Act News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell joined solo today as Ashton is... Finally, wrapping up her grad degree, she had her master's thesis presentation today. I haven't had a chance to talk to her and see how that has gone, but I know she's been working really hard on it and was probably pretty nervous. I can only imagine, well, I have, I can't imagine I've done it before, but it's uh, basically a time when your committee gets to test you on your project and your research and the past couple of years of grad school and making sure You learned what you're supposed to learn. So certainly hope she is hanging in there. I think she's already done that as of 2 p.m. this afternoon when we're recording the podcast. She's already gone, already done her thing uh, and should know, I think, I, I assume today if she passed or not. So... Certainly uh, hope that went well for her today. But aside from that, I tell you what, it's pretty nice here in central Iowa, downtown Des Moines today, working at a co-working space. And it is a sunny 70 degree day here in Des Moines. And I am not complaining. It is fantastic out. Hopefully folks are getting the spring fever itch. Yesterday was the first official day of spring. And of course, with that means planters are going to be rolling in the fields very, very soon. So certainly excited to see folks getting out there, getting the crop planted as a, really is a couple weeks really away. But as we continue to dissect the world of agriculture, there's certainly some continued issues which could impact this year's crop. And uh, commodity prices. We'll kick things off here with a weather story. And as concerns over dry conditions for the Safrina corn crop in central Brazil continue, the good news is that planting is primarily within the ideal window. So the bad news is that the latter half of March yields drier than normal conditions across the south. And in southern Brazil, there is still some harvesting being completed and lots of planting to do, but they are more than halfway complete. However, as we know, we're going to continue to see hot and dry conditions. And for the week ending March 19th, they did continue to see drier than normal conditions across many portions of central Brazil. And this was the fourth driest, second full week of March in more than 30 years for the state of Mato Grosso de Sul, which is a key growing area for both corn and soybeans. So while we're continuing to see harvest wrap up and planting, chugging right along down there in Brazil, dryness is going to be a trend and a conversation continuing to happen moving forward. But ultimately here... We're starting to see more rumors that perhaps USDA did not cut the acreage report on the latest WISE report enough for Brazil's soybean production, Argentina's as well. And of course, we're continuing to watch the story out of Ukraine as well to see if that needs or uh, dictates any further reduction in global production numbers. So we'll certainly continue to keep our eyes out on that story. Got to give a quick pause here, quick shout out because we might have some new listeners as well. Hopefully picked up a few new folks at the Tager Seeds 50th celebration over the past weekend. Big shout out and hello to anyone who is listening from that or the Illinois Farm Bureau a lot agricultural leaders of tomorrow program. Big shout out and hello to those folks as well if they are tuning in with us for maybe their first time. But as we continue to look at some news today, a big story caught my eye over the weekend here heading into Monday morning, and that's a labor dispute that has shut down yet again a Canadian Pacific Railway, the second largest Canadian railroad, which provides significant service into and throughout the United States. That shutdown began yesterday, but talks are continuing with federal mediators And the negotiations are between, essentially, Canadian Pacific and the Teamsters Canada Rail Conference over higher pension caps and increased wages and benefits. Canadian Pacific notified the union this past Wednesday that it would lock out employees on Sunday, March 20th, unless a breakthrough in talks would occur. And yesterday, Canadian Pacific announced the lockout with the union responding by announcing a strike and the union represents about 3000 employees which make up engineers, conductors, yard workers all working for the Canadian Pacific Network. In total this is again second largest Canadian railway and significant impact and uh, transportation usage throughout the United States. Here's a little bit of that explanation of why in 2021 Canadian Pacific transported about 428,568 carloads of grain just about 152,000 carloads of potash and a lot of origination from or is delivered to 175 U.S. grain elevators served by railroads so again this railway certainly does have a large, at least North American, impact. And Teamster's Canadian Rail Conference spokesperson, Dave Fulton, said, quote, we are very disappointed with this turn of events in reference to the union statement that it had begun to strike across the country in the dispute that, again, affects about 3,000 workers across Canada. So, They're continuing to monitor the situation closely, but this is certainly no help here to commodities as we continue to see a flux of global supply and demand with fertilizer, seed, just grains in general. And that's certainly the case when we look at the fertilizer market because we've continued to see fertilizer prices rise as of the latest March 18th numbers, we saw the average price rise nationally about 10% higher to about $1,248 per ton, which measures basically the average price of all fertilizers when accounted for together. But, you know, as we continue to factor in Russia, Ukraine, now this new strike up in Canada it's not really expected to slow down anytime soon, as far as the fertilizer markets trajectory and Josh Linville, again, when you think of those folks who are, uh, Famous, we'll say from the fertilizer space, he is, of course, the number one, that number one person that comes to mind. And he said that the fertilizer market has been hit with black swans for nearly a year and farmers are going to continue to face inflated prices. He said, not only, of course, does Russia account for a large portion of major fertilizers, urea, potash, UAN, et cetera. But he said the other one to keep an eye on right now is what happens in China And he said, although China hasn't been super vocal and super supportive, let's say, of the Russia invasion, they are typically on the side of Russia. And so he's saying that China still holds the cards for a worst case scenario. He said Russia and China combined account for about 40 to 45 percent of total global phosphate production and he's still working through the idea that China is going to come back to the export market in June of this year and is going to step out and basically say they don't like what the Western portion of the world is doing to Russia and that it's like an attack on them. He's warning essentially that that is what we could see happen here. And he said, if that does happen, it gets way worse than where we're at today. So he said nitrogen prices have moved up the most at the farm level phosphate prices have also surged the past couple of weeks especially as the market continues to wait and watch and see what happens with china so certainly not a rosier outlook by any means when it comes to the fertilizer market however Today's grain market outlook was certainly rosier on this market Monday afternoon. May corn today finished 14 and a half cents higher to close at 756 and a quarter. These new crop corn up 18 and a half cents to close at 664. Soybeans today up 23 cents in the May contract to close at 1691. The November up 23 and a quarter cents to close at 1490 on the nose. Chicago wheat flirted with limit up today, but did not finish that high on the board. As the May contract only added fifty five and a half cents to close at eleven nineteen and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up forty eight and a quarter cents to close at ten ninety three. Livestock showed mostly weakness today as live and feeder cattle's finished lower while lean hogs continued to add some green to the screen. April live cattle down 45 cents today to close at 14005, the June down 72 and a half cents to close at 13635. April feeders today lost a dollar 12 settling the day out at 16120, May shed a dollar 70 to close at 16575. And in lean hogs, April Added $1.22 to close at 162 dollars half The May up $3.97.5 cents to close at a buck Love it. And lastly, wrapping things up here with the class three Dairy Milk Futures. April today up thirty-one cents to close at twenty-three seventy-four. The May up fifty-three cents to close at twenty-four sixty. Without further ado, let's kick it over to my conversation with Jeff Fossey. Well, folks, for today's Hashtag Market Monday conversation, chatting with Jeff Fossey, Senior Broker for Capco Futures today. Jeff, how are you doing on this Monday afternoon?
1: Oh, I'm doing great today. It's a beautiful day out. How are you guys doing?
0: Fantastic. I can't complain. Yeah, the weather is nice. And no, it's telling me yesterday was the first day of spring. I don't know if you realize that, Jeff, but it's also exciting because it means planters are going to get ready to hit the fields here. And I think that's a good place maybe to start our discussion today is as we get closer to the end of March, the planting prog or the prospective plantings report. What are you hearing from customers as far as this year's acreage battle goes?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting because I'm hearing a lot of, of mixed information. I'm hearing a lot of guys who are, they committed to their crop rotation here last year and now they're kind of scrambling. Well, what do I do with the inputs? You know, maybe I can't get all the expensive inputs that I need for the corn, but I can't really switch over to beans or to something else. So I think a lot of guys are, are getting in trouble with that or, you know, trying to do their planting. Um As far as the way the numbers look, at least to my opinion, I think that the, the prices actually favor a little bit more planting toward the corn side, I think. Um, but we got to wait and see how everybody, you know, comes out here at the end of March and all yeah. that can always change, of course, by the time, you know, Memorial Day runs around too.
0: Right. And and the other thing that a lot of farmers have been asking me lately is, do you think a lot of acres will switch due to Ukraine potentially not being able to plant as big of a crop this year? Is that still a factor in your mind?
1: I, I think it can be, and, I, and but I think it's kind of a small factor at this point, um, at least for our domestic producers. Um, I, I don't think anybody, I think it came a little bit too late in the game, so to speak. Um, for anybody to really make an, an honest or, or, or a very, um, concerted effort to kind of switch acres to fill that hole. I think there's too much unknown at this point. Um, with all that conflict, I mean, you don't know. We, we talk from one day to the next. Someday there's, there's talk of a ceasefire and the market drops pretty dramatically. Um, you know, we, we've seen the wheat market specifically be up, down, up, down, up, down every day for the last eight days it can't pick a direction mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing that folks are struggling a with
0: well and speaking of up down up down it's really felt that way in all grain markets but especially the wheat market today you know we flirted with uh the trading limit today in chicago wheat kansas city close behind what was going on today in the wheat complex
1: Um, I think there's, there's two things, and I think this kind of pulls across all the grains. It was a little bit more evident today in the wheat. Um, but I think people are, again, here we are on Monday and the war in the Ukraine is still going on. I think a lot of folks expected that to kind of, you know, go away rather quickly. Um, but it's not. Um, you add that to the, to that to the prospect of, um, I believe Canadian Pacific's going on strike here as well. So we seem to be getting more headwinds. Um, to the grain markets lately than we do getting anything to make our lives easier. And that's one thing that the wheat's been struggling with. Um, Soybean market here um, basically been in the same trading range here since March 1st. Hasn't really gone anywhere. Um, New crop corn staying pretty strong though, setting up to new contract highs and that's one's had a very nice trend with it. It Hasn't really seen the volatility um, that we've seen in some of these other front months either.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about new crop corn today because as you mentioned there, yeah, we put in a a new contract high today. Uh, How much more do we have to the upside though, especially when you look at the spread between the front month here and the new crop?
1: Um, Well, you you know, when you talk about spreads like that, I mean, you got two choices, right? Either the market can come come up, so the new crop can come all the way up to that 756 where May is, um, or the old crop can come down to that. Um, given the demand and given the, the the kind of geopolitical world we're in right now, I can't see the demand slowing down a whole lot. People still need to eat. Um, so at this point, I I, you know, I hate to make targets like that, but I could easily see you know Christmas corn continuing to go higher here. Still, I mean, it hasn't really hit any real significant resistance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was lodged right up against it here up until today when it pushed right through it.
0: Yeah. And that's the other thing that I think a lot of growers are struggling with this year is, you know, typically in grains, we see the high put in, you know, end of June, beginning of July, sometime in that time frame after we've started to realize the growing season. Are we going to follow normal seasonal patterns this year?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think we will. I really do um i i think that the you know the thing that the wild card that's adding to that um is what's going on in in russia and ukraine and unfortunately i think we're all going to get used to that um you know we got used to being in afghanistan for 20 years or however long we were in iraq just this you know we get used to that stuff so yeah i do think we continue to go higher and i think the seasonal push will come back into play um you know unless there's something very dramatic on on a geopolitical scale yeah i still think the prices can keep going higher the trend is still very strong here on the new crop corn um i wouldn't really be too worried about hedging it unless we saw it you know close below the lows that we saw here from last week we see a reversal like that here in the next few days and yeah that changed the picture dramatically Uh, but for now as long as the trend is still up just let it go
0: and is the trend still up as well in new crop soybeans
1: Mm, sort of <laughs> it's not down let me put it that way it's not a downtrend um you know new crop beans here november has basically kind of we've had a few days this month when we've been out of it maybe three days to the upside and today's the fourth day of it but we've really kind of been stuck in the trading range they established here on march 1st Novi being set a high there 1485 that day and a low of uh 1439 we haven't really had any significant movements outside that we've only had one day previous to this where it closed above that and that was March 10th um market some back a little bit now we're right back up to those levels here uh, you know the uh, the trend in this is still up it's been a little bit more sideways a little bit more choppy i think we're getting close to a pretty decent economic value for it unless demand takes off again um but yeah, the trend is, is definitely still up, at least for the moment.
0: Jeff, let's talk here about lean hogs. That's been the other one I've been watching pretty closely as of late. I've seen some advisory services kicking out some signals as of lately. And it, it seems like, especially in, you know, you look out to the May and beyond, there's a lot of gaps on the chart and a lot of right. uh, choppy, choppy trading, it seems. What's the lean hog market doing here? What do they got to do to find some footing?
1: Um. That's a great question. I mean, when we look at the June, I mean, there's almost the the appearance of, you know, what some folks might call a double top. Um, you know, the highs that we hit here last and in, in the end of February here or right around the 22nd to the 23rd. We did set new highs through that here last Wednesday, um, set a new contract high with the move, but then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so a lot of selling pressure on that. It, it appeared at the time to be a little bit more than just profit-taking but then today we're, we reverse right back higher hog market jumps 375 today finishes at 119.82 um, it looks very strong again the trend is, is very up, is up um, a lot of these markets the hogs have done this the grains have done this they've gotten a lot more vertical than what we're used to seeing um, which is adding to the volatility which is adding to these big swings I mean, today is a nice day up for hogs, up three seventy-five. Well, you know, Thursday we were down three fifty, Friday we were down ninety cents. I mean, the, the markets are making much, much larger moves, um, just because of, I think a lot of the, the feelings and a lot of the uncertainty that everybody has. Nobody wants to be wrong; everybody wants to be right.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Jeff, really quickly here as we wrap things up, what's your quick take on the on the cattle complex?
1: um I think the feeders, well, I think they kind of, let's start off with fat cattle. I think they made their low here earlier in the month uh, when we made their spike low here on March 4th. That was about the end of two weeks of pretty much straight off selling. Um, I think in the long run, the cattle prices should get a little bit better. Um, feeders are having trouble with that because of the high corn prices, uh, but they have also turned nicely off their lows that they also made on March 4th in the feeder cattle. And I do think that there's, probably going to be some heavy lifting to go along. It's not going to turn vertical like a lot of the other markets just simply because there's not that level of participation in them just yet. Uh, But I do think in the long run cattle prices should stay relatively firm.
0: Fantastic. Jeff, before I let you go, if folks want to chat markets with you, have questions, where can they find you?
1: Uh, They can reach me directly. My uh, my number is 630-938-7629. Uh, if they want to learn a little bit more, a little bit more about who we are and what we do here at Capco Futures, they can go to capcofutures.com.
0: Fantastic, Jeff. Well, thanks for coming on and chat markets today. Certainly appreciate it.
1: Hey, thanks for the time. Enjoy the day.
0: Well, again, a big thank you there to Jeff for coming on and chatting markets today. Certainly appreciate his time. Lots of interesting things that he's chewing on, that's for sure. And we're going to be chewing on lots of interesting conversations this week on the podcast. So make sure and stay tuned with us. And if you didn't check it out, last Friday's podcast was a fantastic one in the sense of getting a better understanding of what's going on in Ukraine from a ground level. I had the opportunity to interview a Ukrainian farmer. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and check that one out. certainly gives you a much better perspective than anything we could possibly read or see or hear in the news today. So follow along with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag news Daily for the latest updates on agricultural news. And with that, we'll see you right back here tomorrow.